Welcome to New Models. Over the past year, episodes of our Patreon-only conversational podcast, Topsoil, have begun with radio plays created by myself, Lil Internet, often satirical responses to the present or humorous speculation on the future. Occasionally, there are more somber monologues and other times, sincere, autofictional narrations. What follows is an example of the latter, a story about my experiences with cryptocurrency trading in the past and in the present. With day trading gone viral, it's important to take a critical look at the phenomenon and its personal effects. The flood of money turns those in its path manic, a change in behavior we may notice in our friends or family, but without recognizing the cause. And this mania worries me. Day trading is gambling, and gambling is addictive, an exogenous source of changes in physiology and psychology. And every manic up must come crashing down. For those who play the game, mitigating these extremes becomes an imperative with its own repercussions. If you want to hear more like the following story, join us at patreon.com slash new models. Some work of dramatic scripted content is released nearly every week as the introduction to our conversations. We hope to see you on our Discord and hope you enjoy this meditation on FOMO. I got out of crypto in early 2018 after the meteoric rise and fall of the market. The year before, a particularly volatile one for me in terms of my mental and emotional state, was marked by relatively active trading. I'd spend a few hours a day looking at the markets, what I imagine the average 19-year-old dude who wore jogger pants and Adidas Ultra Boost would spend daily gaming on Xbox Live, maybe a little more or a little less. At one point, at home with my family over Christmas, I proudly showed off my crypto trading account balance. $52,000, enough to pay off my student loan and the IRS debt I had accrued from years of neglecting my taxes. Of course, if I had made the right moves, my balance could have been five or 10 times that. If I had made even the bare minimum of rational moves, I would have walked away with that 52,000. But I hadn't done either. And by the time the crash was over, I had nothing, except for a modest amount I had locked up in tokens for a blockchain startup that I learned would not be released for another two years. I had fucked up. I could have freed myself of all my debt. So stupid. But with time, this regret receded, and I actually felt a lot better, away from the pressures of the market. There's something extremely toxic about day trading. Your room becomes a Skinner box, one of those boxes they keep rats in for operant conditioning experiments. Your laptop is the stimulus lever and you are the rat. The reinforcement is on a variable ratio schedule. Not every lever press will give you the desired stimulus. Games. And it seems impossible to discern an actual predictive pattern. Like the rats who encounter a variable ratio schedule in experiments, the result is persistent high engagement. In other words, you keep pressing the lever, compulsively refreshing the crypto exchange graph again and again. Of course, I'm oversimplifying a bit. Slot machines also function via a variable ratio schedule, but they have limited analytical possibility. On the other hand, Crypto trading has an intellectual component, and winning odds can be improved through analysis. 
The weird thing about trading, though, is that irrationality factors into the potential for success. They call it Pumponomics. It's the new project's mimetic value. It's sort of magnetism for greed. It's seeming promise of future profitability, despite being vaporware in the present. The price is always in part determined by the thirsty aspects of human psychology. Fast forward to 2021. With the GameStop mania, those crypto-style pumponomics are bleeding over to traditional markets. Or maybe it's always been that way. But after nearly three years of being away from the trading game and all but forgetting about my time-delayed crypto startup investment, that project launched and I found myself suddenly with a new balance of tradable cryptocurrency. Cautiously, I dipped a toe in the boiling sea of trading, starting by joining a WhatsApp group full of Los Angeles DJs and music industry guys who chat all day from their lockdowns in the desert ranches they bought with crypto gains. A project was mentioned in the chat, a low market cap decentralized finance thing promising something called shadow staking, as well as low gas prices. It had well-designed mimetic branding, and a few people I trusted showed interest. I looked into it. Press about the project was all pay-to-play clips, copy-pasted directly from their PR sheet, and the maximum token supply was elusive, as was their team, largely anonymous, except for one Russian guy who went by DeFi Advocate or something on LinkedIn. I joined the project's Telegram group. The mod had a hard time answering questions, and I was immediately added to a scammer's clone of the official channel, set up by hackers in hopes of phishing people's private keys. As is often the case in crypto, their telegram was mostly cringy meme gifts of rockets and moons, babes in Bitcoin bikinis. Plus, unknown token supply? How could you even tell if the price was overvalued or undervalued? The whole thing felt shady, yet the hype was real and supposedly the product worked. But it was getting late. That fuzzy computer brain was setting in. So right before clicking swap and making the trade, I closed the window and called it a night. I didn't think about my almost trade until the next afternoon, when a message from the crypto WhatsApp group popped up reading, Hope you got those bags. That shady project had gone up 600% in 24 hours. My heart sank. The first time in three years that I'd even considered trading and my debt reset had evaded me again. I felt physically terrible, and then confused. How could something so abstract and unreal possibly lead to this very real pump of epinephrine in my body? I tried to imagine the alternative of this feeling, the euphoria of getting it right, buying in last night and selling right now. You were one click away. I imagined it as a warm and calm energy, like opiates. Instead, I had a sinking, pit-in-the-stomach feeling that persisted for hours until I finally went to bed, and I hadn't even actually traded. I had just thought about a single trade. Trading is so toxic, I wrote to the WhatsApp group. How do you all handle this much extreme emotion within a single day, every single day? Trading is so fucked. You feel like shit if you lose money, and you feel like shit if you don't trade. Someone replied. You suck, replied another. The caustic tone of the last comment didn't bother me. It's how day trading chats are. 
Some say they're like this because the trading space is so masculine. Online, this is compounded by the involvement of misanthropic endorsement, neck-bearded Gordon Geckos socialized on 4chan. But cynicism, I realized, or even outright sociopathy, is an attribute day traders need to have. By being aggressive towards each other, they stay tough, unfazed. Huge profits in the morning, devastating losses by afternoon, the dream lives that got away after every mistrade. How could anyone with a standard emotional response survive? It made me think that day traders must actively cultivate a state of nihilism. Even extremes feel the same when you don't feel. The pressure, the stress, the thrills. No matter how thick one's layer of self-inflicted scar tissue, those forces still build up. And like a subcutaneous blister, eventually you have to pop it. This is the hard drinking cocaine and hookers trope, the speeding Lambo, or on the dark side, the suicide, hung with a Gucci belt in a spacious walk-in closet, gunshot to the head in a marble jacuzzi, the caresses of a finely tailored silk shirt in the wind after leaping from the 38th floor of a high rise. These melodramatic extremes actually do happen when emotional response is deflected and sublimated again and again. What's at play here is sensitivity. Like the Overton window of a society's acceptable political ideas, there's an Overton window of sensitivity, an accepted range of individual responses to various perceived harms. Wokeness has a lot to do with sensitivity, around language, around microaggressions. And as news cycles elevate day trading into a mass cultural movement, a polarization arises around this particular Overton window. On the woke side, there's a push towards lowering the threshold of what is considered unacceptable harm. On the day trader side, there's the opposite, a push towards a numbing of emotion. There's an assumption that more sensitive societies are more empathetic, but maintaining a high sensitivity is a luxury. Those facing harsh material pressures, poverty, violence, generally lower their sensitivity just to survive. Yet, a society in which Wall Street bets culture is the norm presents its own unique nightmare, an atomized hellscape of chauvinism and cynicism. Regardless, the Overton window of societal sensitivity is a useful framework for analyzing the current bull run of the culture war. With so much complexity in crypto markets, there's something that seems explosively wild and almost biological about their evolution. The rapid emergence of negentropic mechanisms, in this case, preventing the Ponzi schemes from collapsing. There are ratchets, steps that, once expressed, are difficult to reverse, like the thermal ratchet of ATP, mitochondria, and proteins that yields kinetic energy. Perhaps eventually, blockchain-based life forms will evolve, and crypto traders will speculate on these life forms' competitive performance, as if betting on horse races or dogfights between zoomorphized Ponzi schemes exhibiting autonomous behavior. Many years after the world celebrates the first marriage between a human and a sentient Ponzi scheme, it is the sentient Ponzi's who will feel. 
speculating on the productive potential of swarms of purely rational, unfeeling humans acting out algorithmic imperatives after simplifying themselves into mere value-generating bio-machines. With the sting of a missed opportunity, the Ponzi's will consider if it's worth numbing their own emotions to become more like human beings. As I record this, I still have my original tokens, and I still have yet to make a trade. There's only a trace remaining of the venomous FOMO I felt from my latest failure to escape debt by correctly divining the future of an irrational market. Nice one, dude. I reassure myself that it is good to have not made the trade. It is good to have been cautious, to have had patience. After all, it was the absence of caution and patience that contributed to my life not changing three years ago. I had let my emotions get to me. Whether I'll trade in the future, I'm not sure yet. But in the meantime, I have some training to do. Toughen up. It's not real. Don't feel. Thank you for listening to this meditation on FOMO from New Models. It was written, read, and produced by myself, Lil Internet, with editorial help from Carly Busta. The music during the introduction was my own, and the music playing right now is a remix of Rainbow Circle's Beatless version by Kato. If you'd like to hear more, help make audio work like this possible, and become part of the New Models community on Discord, join us at patreon.com newmodels. See you in the future.